Hey, hey David, how you doing? Um, if you guys are listening right now, this episode is about the importance of big dreams. So, David Williams, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and what you do? All right. Well, first of all, um, before I get into that, let me say um, thanks to Akuchi for inviting uh, inviting me onto this podcast. Um, but for those of you that don't know me, uh, my name is uh, David Williams, and um, I currently do a lot, so I hope the audience is ready. Uh, I'm currently uh, on my third book. I'm about to I'm about to release my third book. It's just about finished. Um, I'm also a speaker. Um, I also have a fragrance line that I'm currently tweaking. Uh, and then I have two future ideas. And my future ideas that I'm going to get into is my nonprofit uh, called Operation Yellow Brick Road. And um, I'm also getting into uh, wine and, and champagne. Those are my two future businesses that I'm going to be doing. Um, I didn't start off doing any of this. Um, in fact, uh, entrepreneurship wasn't even something that I thought about. I wasn't looking to do entrepreneur initially. Um, but due to life circumstances, that's the path that I was pushed on. Um, and I always tell people this, I always feel as though um, when it comes to the idea of being creative and, and and being an entrepreneur, I always feel I was pushed because I didn't intend to do this. Um, initially, I've, I wanted to be um, other stuff. So I wanted to be in music. Uh, I wanted to be uh, a professional swimmer. Um, I wanted to be a psychologist at one point. And then I also wanted to be a firefighter. So I, You know, I, I definitely took the time to learn more about myself and feel my way around. And I came to the conclusion that those type of uh, careers don't necessarily suit me because I like to feel free. I'm, I'm very much into my freedom. I, I like to feel free. So anything that makes me feel confined or makes me feel in a place that I don't want to be or that I'm uncomfortable with. Um, I'm very quick to go find, try and find something else. And I found that um, with entrepreneurship, I could do that. You know, I, I could make it um, a book day or a perfume day or a wine day, depending on what type of mood I'm in. Um, and of course, to add on to this, my grandfather was an entrepreneur too, you know, and I found mm -hmm. that out um, right around when I was about 25 or 26 years old. That's when I found out that my grandfather was an entrepreneur too, you know, and um, prior to that, I was on the fence about it. And, you know, like I said, kind of trying to feel my way around and after I, after I found out that my grandfather was an entrepreneur as well, that's what pushed me and encouraged me to like do books. And books was like 
books is books is and forever will be my foundation because that's what I started off doing. And then I just took that energy and I applied it to other stuff. So I kind of fell in love with this idea of being creative and having something under my name that would be mine and that wouldn't be able to be by somebody else. So I kind of fell in love with that concept. So that's how I got to this point, which is um, working on my third book, tweaking my fragrance brand, becoming a speaker. Like it was all because of books. So no matter what else I do, books will always be around because that's my foundation. That's what introduced me personally to entrepreneurship, you know, and I just fell in with everything. So everything that I do now is an extension of my books because books was my, like my foundation. Like that's where I started. So I just use that energy and just build other stuff. Yeah, man, your path definitely sounds similar to mine in terms of being pushed into entrepreneurship. Because again, like, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur prior to the 10th grade. You know, I just wanted to, I picked up a recent passion of acting yeah. in my late ninth grade year. And that's all I wanted to do. That's, I didn't want to make films. I didn't want to do podcasting. I don't want to do none of what I'm doing right now. I just wanted to be on in front of the camera on on stage and just perform because that's the background I came from was performing because prior to acting, I was playing basketball. And then when I got bit by the bug, so to speak, that was the start of like my journey into what I'm doing now. So acting is my foundation, so to speak. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I just wanted to perform in front of a crowd. I never liked the idea of being behind the camera or anything like that. So that's all I focused on. But when around my junior year of high school, I gave broadcast journalism a try because I got cut from the basketball program during after the off season was over. And I was devastated by that. I was I felt like I took a major L that day. Yeah. But around lunchtime, like some just clicked in my head. Like I was venting to one of my old friends. He's he goes to college somewhere else now, but I was just venting to him about it. But then I realized, oh, like this is an opportunity for me to go all in on my acting dreams and do whatever I wanted to do because in high school, I felt confined by basketball. Like, it didn't become funny anymore. It was just repetitive, and it felt like a job I had to perform. Yeah. And I felt like that door closed just so I can experience freedom, finally. Because I didn't have the courage to just walk out. Like, I was, I was acting like the average employee that was scared to leave the company after working there for so many years. And I had to leave familiar ground to truly get to where I am today. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, um, well, for one, uh, let me say congratulations on becoming an actor. Um, I know that I know that a disciplined person myself, I know that 
it takes a lot of discipline to do that, you know, and I, yes. I, I don't think that um, people that are on like the outside looking in understand how much discipline it takes to become an actor or just. Yes, a lot of discipline by reading books, watching videos, auditioning myself. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to be acting in my own short film called The Dangerous Woman, which I began production June 30th, which I'm really, really excited about because I've been wanting to get the ball rolling on production. So I am the writer, producer, director, and actor of the film. Nice, man. That's a big accomplishment, bro. That's don't sleep on that. That's a big accomplishment. I think I think it is. Yeah, man, it definitely is because it's not easy. Filmmaking takes a lot of discipline as well. Exactly, because you got to make sure that like everything is lined up and people are saying their right lines and everything, right? I believe that that's yeah, and also scheduling and location scouting. When you're an independent filmmaker, man, you're one that you're gonna do. You're gonna wear multiple hats. You have to, you know. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. Because unless you're backed by a studio where you'll just play one role, you're gonna wind up playing multiple roles, and it's much more stressful. But the upside to you have more creative control over your films, right? Or your TV shows, or your plays, whatever you do. But um, that does take a lot of discipline and dedication and hard work. Yeah. And so now the fact that I have a cast and crew together, you know, my film is becoming a reality one by one by one because I have people willing to help me make it and to just because they're just as excited about making this film as I am, which is a huge, huge bonus because in independent filmmaking, you know, you're going to have a lot of people who tell you, like, oh, you're crazy. Why are you making this film? Um, why are you so passionate about it? And blah, 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 blah. But what they don't realize is, like, if you are if you got a deep passion yeah. for storytelling and for just your craft in general, you're going to find a way around a lot of obstacles. Because recently... I don't know if you watch my live on Facebook or not, but I did a live about, you know, caring about what other people think is hindering your success. And so I went on to my experience about like, you know, one of my family members, because I'm not going to name them just to protect their identity because I don't like name dropping. Yeah. It's petty. (laughs) But like, you know, she was telling me like, you is like, I'm going to Mississippi for two weeks to go spend time with grandma and you know grandma needs help and blah, 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 blah. And it's not like she had bad intentions. She means well for me, but I've been going to Mississippi every single summer. I'm like literally every single summer since I was five, six, seven, or eight years old. So now I'm stepping out of my comfort zone and making this movie and I told her like, this is what I'm going to do. And I stood my ground and I said, I'm going to make this film. Even if it means I got to stay in this house for two whole weeks by myself, yeah. that's what I'm going to do because 
I had a goal since last last August to make this film this summer. And so I wasn't going to let anything slow down my momentum. And that's what I want to tell the audience that is listening right now. You cannot, and I mean, you cannot let anything, anything slow down your momentum. I don't care if it's family. I don't care if it's your closest homie or yeah. homegirl. You can't let them stop you, man. And I don't know if you've been in that situation before where you had a family member who wasn't comfortable with your decision to go all in on your entrepreneurship, but um, you um, know what, man? I'm I'm glad that you uh, kind of shined a light on that. I'm glad because I have I have dealt with that my, myself. Um, now I'm not I'm not gonna drop family names either, but um, I remember I was on this this I had just got hit by like the entrepreneur bug and. Um, I'm not a materialistic person by nature, but I feel like if you if you worked for it, then you should be able to buy whatever it is that that you want to buy eventually. And Word. yeah, um, you know, one of the things that I'm really into, um, I don't talk about it much anymore, but one of the things that I'm really into is I like nice cars. So eventually, I want a nice car for myself if I feel like I've worked for it. And one of myself we had a disagreement about that because uh one of the things that i like to do is i'm very like i'm very hands-on so i like to just look at a picture of a rolls royce all day i want to actually go down to the dealership to get a feeling of what it would be like once i'm actually in a position and that's one of the things that that i like to do when i'm not doing my business stuff because it gives me motivation to keep going so, yeah. Um, so I, I had posted a couple of pictures up of, of the car that I'm that I want and that I'm working towards, and um, one of my family members had a, had an issue with that. But you're not helping me buy it. You're not investing for me to get closer to that. So why does it bother you that that's what I personally want when I'm working towards it? So that's what. That was my personal, like, experience with this whole, like, entrepreneurship thing and realizing that not every single family member is not where their mindset is. They're not thinking about, um, they're not thinking about ownership. You know, they're just, whether it's acting, whether it's books, whatever it is that's yours, they're not thinking that way. And I had to understand yeah. Have the mindset shift. I had the mindset shift, you know, because I got tired of feeling as though I was expendable at work. That was my push. That was like the start of my push entrepreneurship, because I'd have a job or two or three jobs, and they would only last a couple months, and then I'd be back at square one of finding another job. So I felt like I was in a circle. So what I did was I started, and this was my introduction to like self-publishing books. That This was my introduction because I didn't want to just go in a circle. And I felt like people and like some family members at that time, that's what they were comfortable with doing, comfortable going in a circle. So 
I started looking into self-publishing. So I found a mentor. I found somebody that uh, had sold had sold a few books, and they made a good chunk of money from those books. So I found a mentor. I found certain books at the library that could help me how to self-publish and how to market my book properly. And I did this outside of work because I was sick of feeling like Someone's I was just telling you what to do and saying you got to do this and you got to do that and yeah you know, I don't know if you swear much but I'm going to go ahead and say it mm-hmm. I don't I don't like being fucked over because that's what employers do the most employees yeah. is they, they're worried about profits and not people right so what they're going to do is fire you as soon as they feel like you're underperforming according to their standards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I trust me, I, I, I relate to that so much. Um, because with certain jobs, like, and I'm pretty sure you can relate to this because when, when I'm doing like my books or when I'm doing um, fragrances, or speaking or whatever else you don't have to tell me like i'll look up all of the stuff that i'm supposed to look up when it comes to fragrances and speaking gigs you know like i'll do all of the due diligence that i'm supposed to do because that's my passion that's what i love to do but it's like when i was at work i felt like i was dragging my feet because i knew in my heart i didn't want to be there but at the time yeah be there so I was dragging my feet, but it's like as soon as I got off of work, I was ready. I was ready to go. Like I had all the energy in the world because I knew that that's the time that I could use to build what I what it is that I really want to build. And which is like I said, which is books, which is you know perfume and other stuff that I'm doing. So I I understand completely about yeah not 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 to like being told what to do or not being confined to a specific place that you know that you don't want to be in. So I understand completely. Like, I, I feel that... Man, I'm glad... I'm glad that somebody understands, man, because, <laughs> like, in the 10th grade, yeah. prior to the 10th grade, I was I just wanted, like, a secure job. But when I wanted to be an actor, I didn't realize that I was getting into entrepreneurship and also as a filmmaker, cinematographer, film film director, producer, and edit- and commercial video editor, that you are an entrepreneur. And that's what they talked about in like these YouTube videos and the Udemy courses that I signed up for was you, you are a business. Right. And like, I remember going to the screening of this film, this short film um, called The Example. And it was at my old university. And after we watched the short film, the the director said that every every film that you make is a business venture that you're starting. I said, right. whoa, that makes a lot of sense because every film that you do make is literally, you have to market it to people. And you're marketing whether you realize it or not. Like when you make a social media profile and you do yeah. like written posts, photo posts, pre-recorded videos, live videos, you're marketing yourself out there. You're putting out a certain image. And yeah. so 
lots of us don't think about marketing because we think that it's just only something that's seen on billboards, radio ads, and television. When a matter of fact, those are old school methods of marketing. The new school methods is social media. Exactly. Um, and that's what, and, and I'm glad that we're having this conversation because uh, that's a lesson that I learned like the hard way. Um, initially, when I first got into um, when I first got into book, I had already had my social media running, so I wasn't worried about the image aspect. You know, I I kind of came into social media thinking that you could say whatever you want to say. You know, you don't have For to real. that you say. You know, and yeah. Um, and I'm not even I'm not even talking along the lines of the fact that that jobs check now. Like I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about from like a um, from a business standpoint and like from a branding standpoint. You know, I've learned to like watch what it is that I say, and that people do look for certain things from you, whether they make you aware of it or they don't make you aware of it. They look for certain like posts and things from you. So if you get if they get used to you talking about um, drugs yeah. or yeah, getting all these girls and partying, like they're more than likely are gonna click off your profile and says, "I don't want to do business with this guy or girl," right. because they're tagged in a photo that's showing them holding a red cup, and you may not even be drinking alcohol at that party you could have like some water in that cup but for somebody that's on the outside looking in will say well like this person doesn't look trustworthy because they seem like they're going to be party animals and as superficial as that sounds yeah employers check that and also like potential ceos and up-and-coming entrepreneurs may see that and they don't want to align align themselves with you simply because of the image you portray online. And that is why, you know, you have to be very, very careful in just letting your friends or family tag you in posts or take, or just as simple as taking a picture with somebody. Yeah. Because that picture can be the difference between you getting that million dollar deal or not getting it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, um, and I've definitely um, learned my lesson, and, and especially now since I have, um, the word I'm looking for? especially now since I have clout, you know, because people are starting to um, take notice with certain things that, that I've posted um, with books and with fragrances, like those two things in particular, because they revolve strongly, just like acting. Um, they revolve strongly around a certain like image. So yeah. now that I've put myself in a position where um, I want to be the, author- the authority figure in fragrances and I have two books out already, that gives me clout. So now that um, I've kind of planted my feet in those two arenas, I have no choice but to watch what I say now. Even though there's times where I want to cuss like a sailor, um, I can't do that. I can't. You know, I can still deliver the same message. I just have to word it differently now because I have clout, and especially um, books or anything like that. Like 
I think that it's important to watch what you say. So I've learned my lesson. I, I have, um, I was a bit hard headed about it, you know, and I felt like I could just say anything because no, at the time, nobody had really helped me make my social media account. So I felt like I could just say whatever it is that I wanted to say. And I've paid the price for it a few times, you know, because I was frustrated with the, with the progress, with my progress at that time, I was frustrated. So I was lashing out to people and I've lost cu um, customers and clients because of that, because I didn't have patience, you know, because I um, kind of wanted things at the time when I wanted them and I didn't have any patience. So I've learned over time to like really watch what I say, you know, and that you're making progress, whether it's big or small progress, progress is progress, you know? And I think yeah. um, sometimes we get so caught up in the process of what we're doing and like what we're going through that we don't even realize that we've done a lot within a short amount of time because we feel like it's not, it's not here or it's not here yet or it's on its way, but we haven't received it. So I've learned to like watch what I say and just, enjoy the process you know because nobody's going to go through it for you so you might as well enjoy the process so um so i definitely feel you like as far as what you were saying about acting like i definitely agree with you on that yes and i would like to say that me as a filmmaker and actor i definitely have to watch what i post because in the entertainment industry they yeah. do check out your social media to see if, you know, they want to cast you in their play or TV show or film or web series, whatever people need casting for. Watching you closely. And since I got some traction now yeah. with having people referring me to like other producers and directors and actors from all over the place, like I have to be careful how I treat people and what I say and how I say it. And also with like my presence on Facebook, cause my, my Facebook account has exploded in a recent year. Like it is crazy now at how many people just check out my stuff. They share it in their groups. They share it on their pages. Some of them even said that their kids and grandkids watch me. So I'm like, Oh damn. Like now I got to like, really 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 watch what i'm saying how i'm saying it and the image that i'm giving off because now i got little children watching me and so like i don't i don't take that for granted now because then like when i first started doing live videos i was just like all over the place i was just i don't know like it was wild but now i'm much more poor and organized and I know what I'm about to say I'm telling my story every single day but it took me doing lots of lives and I mean I've done a lot of them in a short period of time like over 700 plus live videos in total in two years which is still crazy to me because I didn't think I was creating that much you know, it just felt natural to me. It didn't feel forced. Like every time I would be inspired to talk about something, 
um, I would just talk about it on live because that's how I get the message out much quicker as opposed to trying to like type it out or record a pre-recorded video and then uploading it to Facebook and then letting Facebook process it and then it's up there like I just I just wanted to put my message out there and let my heard and to inspire you know people on the Facebook platform and also network with people get some business deals um, getting on set work and speaking of Facebook I actually met my co-producer through Facebook and because I did like a casting call for my film that I'm going to be filming in a week yeah back in August back in like August 10th August 11th I forgot what day that I met her but I did a casting call and then I met she messaged me and then I was like okay we live in the same neighborhood so we can go meet at Starbucks down the street and so yeah. I walk down there and then I meet her and I'm discussing like my idea with her and mind you, I didn't know a damn thing about her, nothing. Yeah. So I was just stepping out of my comfort zone and actually meeting someone from an online platform. And you know how parents are when they tell you, you know, you shouldn't be going out there talking to strangers because we got creeps out there. It's true. It's true. Because we've seen through online in recent years that of uh, cyberbullying and people getting kidnapped and whatnot. Yeah. But at the same time, we can't let that fear control us because fear stands for false evidence appearing real. And so me, it's a little bit easier going out and meeting people in person because I'm an extrovert by nature. I lo- I'm a very talkative person. Yeah, man, I, I I talk a lot. Once I get comfortable with somebody, I just talk their ears off, as my mom <laughs> would say. But that's just a natural part of my nature. Like me, opposites. She leans more towards the introverted side because she often tells me, like, after I get off work, I don't want to deal with anybody. I don't want to talk to nobody. And so my mom keeps to herself. Whereas me, I yeah. like going. I like knowing where the action is. I like a challenge. I like the thrill of just meeting a new person and so I went down there she was interested in it and I was like okay so now she's a co-producer with me now and she didn't know anything about me except I just did like this casting call saying I need a female that's this high and blah 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 blah, and needs a person for this role that role that role that role yeah and so that so from that point on, we just built like the relationship with each other in business and friendship. And like she's she's very enthusiastic about making this film, like very, very. And I was like very excited because I've been waiting for somebody like that for a long time. I mean waiting. And so after I found what I was looking for, I was like, okay, I got another enthusiastic person. So now I'm going to have to get some more people to fill in these different roles. And I'm going to have to find some people on my production team to help me make this film. Because ain't no way in hell (laughs) I'm making a movie alone. That's just, that it's not going to look good or sound good if I make it by myself. And this was like way before I got my own camera and sound equipment and yada, 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 which I'm not going to bore everybody with. But like, 
And I had, and that was another thing I was worried about. I was like, okay, I got this camera. It's not that great, but it shoots 1080p. Only thing I need is a tripod, sound equipment, and lights. And then when I looked it up online, I saw how expensive it was. I was like, damn, <laughs> this is just the basics for a film. Like, you need a boom pole, a boom mic, a sound recorder, a camera, and some lenses, and some lights. And that stuff totals at about, like, depending on what kind of camera you buy or and sound equipment, it can range between, like, um, the low thousands to like $10,000 or up higher, depending on how much money you have to spend on equipment. And right. so I was like, I was like, I need a tripod. I need some lights. I need a sound recorder because I'm not trying to make like a corny black backyard flip high quality. Like, I'm sure you noticed this, but I am a stickler for quality. Yeah. And so. <laughs> I was like, I need to get me a DSLR ASAP. Well, in February, um, I'm just chilling in my dorm room, right? Just doing whatever. And then all of a sudden, I get an email from Bank Mobile Vibe, which is the bank that, you know, the, my old university is tied to. Yeah. I had a refund of about Two thousand something dollars, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Whoa! whoa. Oh my goodness!" That was said, a right? <laughs> and I said, "Okay." Before I tell anybody anything, I'm getting equipment. I'm getting equipment. That's the first thing I got with my money. And the thing I got with my money was my school supplies that I needed for the rest of the semester. And then I bought me a MacBook. Pro, it's a it's an old one. It's like 2011, 2012, but it was like 400 bucks from Amazon, and and I needed something for video editing, so I can use Final Cut because my laptop just wasn't cutting it. Even though it was like a 2016 Dell Inspiron, yeah. the processor wasn't that great at handling video editing. So I needed a MacBook so I can get Final Cut back again because. That is the video editing platform I am most used to. It's what I've used for broadcast journalism and film and video production class. Yeah. So that was the only reason I got a MacBook. And then after that, I was set. I'm like a one-stop shop now. It's it's amazing. And after I got my equipment, I felt so free and so like excited. I can finally make some high quality stuff for once. My own quick. I got my own I got my own stuff. <laughs> now it's just a matter of me just going out there and helping people and getting paid for this stuff. Cause I know that if you know how to operate a camera and yeah. you know how to edit video, you can get paid a lot for that because most people don't know how to properly make videos, but if you happen to know how to make videos, people will pay you good money for that. And, you know, in business, in, in business you need video content or else you're going to get swept under the water. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, you know what, man? I actually, uh, I actually agree with that, you know, because um, that's actually one of the things that I've incorporated into getting the word about my about my perfume business in particular like one of the things that I ask people to do now is send me 
um, testimonies, you know, send me like a video testimony, even if it's just 30 seconds. And that's why I'm able at this point to get the word out to other people about my stuff, because initially I was just making like a post about it. I would just, you know, write up a post and then just leave it at that. But I have noticed the, uh, the shift, um, people don't really, I mean, they, they pay attention to text and, and that kind of thing, but people are much more like transparent now. So they'd much rather see your face. And I've seen like the importance of that, you know? So I definitely feel the shift in video from text to video. I definitely feel it because, um, people don't realize this, but, but I'm in the entertainment industry too, because books and fragrances is purely. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody doesn't like how they talk about books, they're not going to buy it. If they don't like how a book looks, yeah. they're not going to buy it. And um, I've learned that from being around people, you know, like yourself that act and people that do music and people that blog and all these other different forms of entertainment that books and fragrances is entertainment too. Because if my packaging is not set up right, nobody's buying my stuff. So I have to make yeah. sure that like images everything. And so I feel the shift from text to video. I, I do. So I've actually gotten into the habit, like I said, of asking people for video testimonies. Like it's rare for me to like ask somebody like to just do like a Facebook text type of post. Like now I'm asking for video testimonies. And because people have liked how I worked and they see that I'm consistent with that, I'm consistent with posting things about my books and my fragrances or whatever I'm doing. And even with speaking, it's like people are willing to do that for me because they see that I've been consistent. I've been genuine in my approach to stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not salesy with it, you know, and I'm sure that you can tell like when somebody's too pushy or too salesy about what it is that they're doing, even in acting, I'm sure that you could probably tell. Oh yes, yes, yes. Especially when in the audition room where I would see like other actors like dress up in these elaborate costumes and makeup and I'm just like do you really need to wear all that like I understand you want to fit the character yeah please they're looking to see if you fit the character in terms of your acting ability or your height or your hair color and like they're not looking for you to wear these costumes unless it's necessary. Like I don't ever wear a costume to an audition. Like whatever it is that I wear for today, I show up to the audition in that. And I kid you not, I showed up to every single audition just wearing my clothes that I wore that day because it didn't say on the breakdown to wear any type of costumes. So I recommend if you are an actor listening to this, yeah, do not go to an audition dressing up in a costume. <laughs> Unless it's on the character breakdown. Don't don't be too extra because casting directors can smell desperateness in the air. Right. They can. Because like casting directors want you, the actor, to succeed because casting directors have pressure on them too to cast the right actors for the roles because they don't want the project to tank. And so 
just know everything's going to be okay. Only thing you need to do is just prepare as best you can. If they require you to say a monologue that's comedic, comedic, contemporary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then prepare a monologue and make sure you memorize it. Please memorize your monologue backwards and forwards because you don't want to be standing there looking like a fool saying, uh, 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 and then you get to your line because then you're wasting time. Right. But if they're kind to you, they'll say, this is a cold read audition, which I absolutely love because now I don't have to memorize anything because memorizing lines is one of the most tedious and boring activities ever. <laughs> it is. like That's my least favorite part of acting is memorizing lines and blocking. I don't like it. But I realize it's the profession that I'm in. Yeah. And so I have to do what I have to do. And I'm sure that you as a writer, speaker, fragrance seller, and and, author, and book writer is that there are some things that you have to learn and implement and master in your field that you don't necessarily feel like doing, but you know you got to do it. Yeah, I mean, um, one of the things that, that I don't like doing um is waking up early. I don't like waking up early. I'm not an early person, but that's my most creative hours. So when everybody else is sleeping, I'm usually up, even though I don't want to be up, but my mind doesn't sleep. So I'm thinking about books. I'm thinking about fragrances and how I could tweak that. If I'm not thinking about fragrances, I'm thinking about speaking. So my mind doesn't sleep. So, um, and that's, and that's why I'm able to like do different stuff because I feel like that's different parts of me at different times. Like, I don't feel like I should be like limited to one set category. I feel like if I want to do three, I could do three. If I want to do two, I could do two. I don't, I'm, I'm not really fond of limits. And I feel like if you feel like you could do multiple things and do multiple things, but that's just my opinion on the top, on the on that part of it. Um, I feel like waking up early is not something I look forward to, but it's a love hate thing because that's when I'm most creative. So at four o'clock in the morning, that's when I work on my book because I don't have any distractions. Like, yeah, for me, yeah, for me, my most creative hours is during the nighttime because during the nighttime most people are asleep yeah and or they're watching tv and so i'm not disturbed by everybody texting me all at once because if i try to do it during the day yeah. i'm gonna have a, a bunch of people texting and calling and all that all that jazz people inviting me to live videos but when it comes towards the nighttime yeah and i am a huge night owl mind you but <laughs> it's just like it's when i'm at my most creative i'm creative all the time yeah but i feel like the nighttime is when i can get more done because i don't i'm not i'm not having other people distracting me with text phone calls or calling me um if they live with me if i know them in person i'm not bothered by anybody i'm either reading a book or watching a um, youtube video or doing an Udemy course, um, just 
just trying to do whatever I can to feed my creativity. And even when I walk outside, I imagine like different like sh camera angles and stuff because my mind, my creativity never turns off. It's always active 24 seven. Even when I'm in the bed, I'm still thinking about creating stuff, whether it's a podcast, whether it's photography, whether it's filmmaking, cinematography, live video, writing, poetry, freestyle rapping, whatever it is, man, I, I just pretty much am like a renaissance man, or at least I'm going to get there for before I leave this earth is master multiple crafts because Leonardo da Vinci did it. Um, I don't know who else was a renaissance. But I know that Leonardo da Vinci is one because he was an architect and he was a painter and he was a sculptor. Like nice. those, those crafts are not easy at all. Painting requires attention to detail. So does architecture. So does doing sculptures. Those crafts alone require like you're, you have to be like very, very patient, like chiseling away at that stone block to make something beautiful, to paint, to do architecture. All that stuff takes time. And the fact that he's mastered those three crafts yeah. shows like what's possible and that you're not just limited to just like one thing, especially in today's day and age. Like, yeah, you can do multiple things like. You can do live video from your phone. You can record a podcast like we're doing from our cell phones. You can like make um, a high quality film or video for like a couple hundred dollars. Um, you can learn about business and filmmaking and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera for free yeah. on YouTube or you can invest like $14 in an Udemy course because Udemy always does discounts with their courses like every single day of the week. They never stop having discounts. And I really do recommend people buy at least one course on Udemy in their field because the quality of the, the quality of information is going to be a lot higher than if you watch someone on YouTube. That's what I noticed. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you on that, and I, I myself have to get more on to Udemy. Um, but I definitely agree with you on that, you know, and I think the beauty of where um, technology is going, um, and I know that you said that sometimes you like to, like, go for a walk. Um, a lot of times when, especially when it's, like, late, and I found myself doing this um, a lot lately, but I'll just go for a walk and I'll work on my book from my phone because I have Google Docs. So I don't necessarily have to be at my laptop to work on my book, which I love doing. Like I love the option that if I wanted to, I could work on my book from my phone. And then I just, when I'm satisfied with it, I just copy and paste it and I transfer it to Microsoft Word. Um, so that's one of the ways that I've been able to do books because I'm not always near my laptop. Sometimes I leave my laptop at home and I just take my phone and my music with me and I could just go for a walk. So I could work on my book while I'm walking, which I think is like super awesome. And I love, um, especially since you were talking about like doing podcasts, 
Um, I love Anchor. Like, I think Anchor is, like, super cool just for that, you know, that you don't need um, necessarily anything fancy to do a podcast. Um, At least not anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I know that before, like, you used to have to turn your apartment into, like, a studio and have, like, cameras and a certain type of lighting in order to do a podcast. Um, so they or have a like condenser or dynamic mics. Yeah, exactly. So I think that it, that's made it like so much easier to get your voice out if you have something to say. So I definitely like, I definitely hear you on that, you know, as far as where technology is going and like the benefit of anchor. Um, I definitely agree with you. Definitely. Yeah, because prior to me discovering Anchor back in 2016 when it first came out, um, I started like a little makeshift podcast on YouTube where it was called Weirdos Unite Radio and I bought like a blue snowball microphone for 50 bucks from Amazon. Yeah. And so that's what I recorded my podcast episodes on was just that mic. And you literally just plug and plug and record. You just it's a USB mic. You just plug it into your computer, go into like your audio or video editing software. Yeah. And you just start talking about whatever you want to talk about. So that to me amazed the hell out of me just being able to have like a fifty dollar microphone that sounds really, really good and then uploading it on YouTube. But when I saw Anchor, which was like a podcasting app. I was like, what? <laughs> you, you tell me there's an even easier way to make a podcast? And so I downloaded that that stuff immediately. And I started like recording a couple episodes. But like Anchor has really, it really has some cool features now. Yeah. Like way more cool. Like you can, can collaborate with other people. You can put your podcast on other platforms like iTunes podcast, um, I think that's Stitcher. Spotify too, right? I think. I don't know that that Spotify feature is only used for like uploading your music on your podcast. Oh. That's the that's the only um, thing it's used for. But it'll be cool if they do have that feature in a later update. But Anchor has grown so much, and it has it has evolved. But yeah. a lot of people still sleep on this app. Like, I'll tell people, if you want to make a podcast, there is no excuses to not start it now. You don't even have to buy a Blue Snowball microphone. Right. You can just use your cell phone and go on Anchor and record. That's all you got to do. It's easy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, bro. Um. I actually wanted to hint on something because um, I feel like this this goes and, and is deeply aligned with um, both of 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 what we of what we do. Um, I know that in the beginning of this this podcast, I had talked about um, starting a nonprofit. That's what I want to do eventually, um, and I wanted to. Because I was thinking about this um, before we got on, um, Operation Yellow Brick Road is the name of my nonprofit that I want to start. 
I had another one. I had another name, uh, but but I feel like Operation Yellow Brick Road. It kind of suits. It kind of suits more. Um, it's more aligned with what I'm doing. Um, and I feel like you being an actor could could probably like relate to this, but um, Operation Yellow Brick Road was. It, it stemmed from a conversation uh, that I had with somebody and I had revealed to them, you know, the same thing I'm revealing to you guys, uh, everything that I have going on from books to perfume to now speaking in schools, which I love doing. Um, and they revealed to me that in essence, what you're building is like a yellow brick road. You're paving the way for somebody else. And um, I didn't look at it that way initially, like before she brought it to my attention, I didn't look at it that way. But that is ultimately what we are doing, you know, because once you make a movie or once you make a book, like it's there forever, like it's not going anywhere unless you make more movies and you could always like make more and more movies. And, you know, I started to really look at it that way from, uh, from a writer's standpoint that, um, and I'm not even just talking about money. I'm just talking about like along the lines of building like a legacy and a foundation. Um, that's where like the whole Operation Yellow Brick Road thing came from, you know, because I started to go back and read my reviews like on Amazon, what people think of my books and everything. And that is something that will always be there. Like, even when I'm not here, my books will be here. You know, my... Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure you feel that way about your acting. Um, but my books will be here. My, um, my nonprofit will be here. Even though there's thousands of fragrances on the line already, um, my books, you know, my books will be here. My speaking videos will be here. My... Um, my testimonies will be here, you know, of people that like my stuff, that feel comfortable enough with me to give me like a 30 second video or something like that. Like all of that stuff is building your yellow brick road. That's ultimately what it's doing, you know? And um, when she revealed that to me, it kind of set me back a little bit and it, and it kind of, blew my mind because I didn't look at it that way, you know? And so my Operation Yellow Road is going to be geared, it's going to be a mentoring program um, that have disabilities for people that have developmental disabilities because I volunteer also. For those that may not know when I'm not doing my business stuff, I volunteer and I work with people that have that, that have disabilities. And there's not a lot of programs like that, that that can help somebody with a disability um, dress right for their interview or something along those lines. So that, so, and I'm sure that you being an actor um, and the fact that you're building like your own yellow brick road with everything that you're doing, like I'm, I, I'm sure that you could relate to that on some level. That's why I like, I wanted to like, at some point bring it up because of what we've been talking about, you know, as far as 
wanting to be entrepreneurs and being writers and just being creative people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's that was like my motivation for bringing it up because I saw where the conversation was headed and where it was going, you know, and I thought that um, it was a super dope conversation. So I just felt like Operation Hell of a Road was going to be perfect for synergy between what we're doing. So, yes, yes. You disagree? Like, how do you feel about that? Oh, man, I definitely resonate with that because the point that I'm going to bring up now is I plan on, like, right, like, long after I get established in show business yeah, and in the film industry, I want to start my own art school where the tuition is super affordable for students who are passionate about art. Like it's not just for cinematography and acting, but for those that want to be painters, writers, um, sculptors, anything that has to do with the arts, I'm going to have it there at my art school, but that's going to be like way, way, way far from the now because I want to make sure that I get established in the industry first and then like start my own arts art school so that kids can have a place to really express their creativity and to have an outlet so to speak and, you know I haven't really spoke to many people about that but that's what I plan on doing because I am passionate. I have a deep passion for the arts and I want to give like the future generations an opportunity to have something long after I leave this earth. They can refer to my movies, my lives, my podcast episodes, um, my regular videos, whatever it is. They can look at that as a point of reference to say, damn, like he did that. Right. He made he made this using the resources he had, and he didn't give up on his dreams. And that's what I want my children's 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 children, and so on and so forth, to say about me. Like I want I want my descendants basically to say that about me, so that they can have a point of reference of someone who paved their own path, as opposed yeah. to getting a job like everybody else and just settling for a life that they're unhappy with. Right, exactly. Um, and I think, I feel like, I'm glad that you brought up the topic of, of, of settling because I, I feel like that's what a lot of people like do. Um, I feel like a lot of people, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if that's what you choose to do, but I, I feel like if there's more to life, then you should like expose yourself to it. I, I just feel like um, you shouldn't be afraid to do that. But that's just my personal opinion, but I just feel like you shouldn't be afraid to um, expose yourself to new things. You know, like don't yeah, I definitely caught up in routine that you that you shun like the, the idea of breaking your routine. Like if that makes sense. Yes. Um that makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense, man, because 
you know, with me at least, I always make sure I try new things out because I know that there's always a better way than what I'm already doing. And so I keep my mindset fluid. I don't ever stay stuck in a particular routine. I'm always flowing. You know what I mean? And Robert Greene talks about it in his book called The 50th Law, where you, in order to have like mental flow, you have to stay fluid because you can't get locked in to a certain routine and expect different results. Right. You know, they always say that there's a famous saying that goes, if you did what you've always done, you always get what you've always gotten. And so if we don't, if we don't like where we are, we have to take different actions every single day because the next five years is determined by the actions that we're taking now. Right. Right, exactly. And speaking of 50th Law, I actually, I love that book. Um, I heard the audio book of the 50th Law. Oh, yes. Um, and I definitely ag- agree with you, you know, and, and speaking of that, um, I'm sure you've read the 48 Laws of Power as well. Um, yeah, I was actually like reading a little bit of that today because I picked up where I left off. And I just picked the book up because I haven't read it in months because, like, I was reading some other stuff. Yeah. But I picked it up again. And, you know, it's just Robert Greene's books. I don't know what it is about his books, but it just speaks to, like, reality and human nature and history and personal development. And he just has a way. His books have a way of just, like, hitting you right in the soul. Like when you, as soon as you open, as soon as you read like a chapter of his book, you say, uh huh, man, I resonate with that so much. Like yeah. I've, I've had like a whole lot of insights just by reading his books. Cause he, he studies, he's an avid studier of human nature and he's attuned with the times and he knows what's up. Right. Um, yeah, I th- you know what? I think like my favorite chapter in his um, in the book about the Forty Eight Laws of Power. I think um, me personally was uh, conceal your intentions. Like, don't let everybody know what you're doing. Um, which is something that I've been able to personally like learn from. You know, because. My personal experience with that has been that not everybody's going to be happy for you, you know, regardless of what you're doing. Uh, come from um, from certain family members and from, um, you know, people that were in my life at one point that are no longer there from social media. Um, I have found that even though you'd like everyone to be happy for you, you know, and even though you have genuine and good intentions behind what it is that you're doing, like not everybody shares that, you know, not everybody yeah. is happy for you the way that you'd be happy for them. So I have, that's been a personal lesson that I have like learned. Um, and his book just helped like solidify that, you know, not to, reveal all of your cards like right away you know wait until certain moments and then reveal like your cards so that has been 
my personal like lesson that I've been able to learn from uh, from the 48 Laws of Power. Um, that has been like my favorite chapter, like by far. Do you have one, or did you like like the whole book as a whole? I haven't finished reading it yet, but I would like to say that my favorite chapter thus far is um, it's either can I think it's can not conceal your intentions. That's not the one. It was a yeah. It was a. Um, Infection. I actually have two. So my my first favorite is infection. Avoid the unhappy and unlucky, because you know, because there's a lot of negative people out there, and it resonates with what you're saying about conceal your intentions. And if you're always just, if you're always just like surrounding yourself around negative people, you're going to be you're going to suffer for it because it's not you're going to get infected with their negative vibes and it's going to stop your momentum exactly and another one that I like is another one that I like is recreate yourself Recreate yourself resonates with me so much because, like, I remember just before I became, like, fully in my authentic self, my full authentic self, I was just allowing other people to dictate who I am as a person, and I would just wear all of these masks to try to fit in with everybody, but then later on, I was just like, you know what, screw this, like, screw Screw what everybody else thinks. Screw trying to please people. I'm going to do what makes me happy. Right. Like, because I didn't, I didn't like being at the mercy of other people and just like fitting into this role that they want me to fit in. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to fit into your box. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to experiment and I'm going to live my best life. And it's just as simple as that. Right. Yeah, because I mean, like, I feel like living up or, or well, trying to, um, trying to live up to the expectations of other people doesn't get you anywhere because it's not enough. So it's like, as soon as you um, live up to one thing that you want you to do, then they want you to do something else. And then they want you to do something else. So yeah, I, I, I feel like you should have your own expectations to live up to. Like, I don't think it should be solely based on, like, what other people think and what they think of what you're doing. Because it'll never end. Like, it'll always be, you'll always be working for, for the expectations of others. Um, so I agree with having your own, like, expectations and not being so worried about what people think. Yeah. And I would like to say my favorite chapter from the 50th law is make everything your own self-reliance because that was something that I've struggled with because I was dependent on other people for far too long for resources, my happiness, money, et cetera, et cetera. 
because I was playing like the nice guy role just because I didn't want to offend anybody with my ideas or the way that I saw the world. And I bit my tongue way too many times when I knew I should have just my truth the whole time. But again, I was wearing those social masks to try to fit into a particular crowd that I had no business hanging around. But I just wanted to be around them just because I was afraid of being alone. Right. But after, like, I read that chapter years after I had that realization, I was, like, blown away by how real it was and how I can relate to it. Because I didn't, I knew deep down inside of me, I didn't like depending on other people for my happiness and validation and feeling loved. But a part of me couldn't let them go around that period of time because I had that fear of being alone. And I I think that the reason why I had that fear of being alone was because, like, it was considered weird to, like, pave your own path and to be yourself instead of being different. Because I had, like, my mom and my grandma saying, you're different, you're different, embrace that. But I wasn't really listening to it because the only thing I was concerned with was trying to, like, make friends and to fit in. But that was the most terrible mistake of my life, and I'll never, ever, ever, ever try to fit into any group. If they don't resonate with my values and ideals, I'm not going to hang around them. It's just as simple as that now. And I'd rather be by myself and be happy than to be around, be around a bunch of people that make me miserable. Right. Uh, I had actually just did a video like a couple of days ago about um, protecting your space, you know, and I'm very protective of like my aura and my energy. Like I'm very protective of it, you know, because I know a lot of times I'm bringing genuine energy to the table. So if I'm around people that are uh, not as genuine or they have like ill intentions or something like that, then I'm very like standoffish, very standoffish because I protect my space. Whereas if I'm around people that um, like yourself or that are very like genuine in their approach to things and they're very like lighthearted about stuff, about certain things, then I'm more inclined to talk to them because they resonate with me on some type of level. It doesn't have to be everything. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand that we all have different things that make us tick, but um, but I think that energy is important. Like, that protecting your energy is important, you know? And so I keep that in mind. Yes, yes. Even with Facebook, this is why sometimes I go off the grid and I stay off for two days or three days. Um because I know that energy transfers even through Facebook because yes, man, because you can have yes. like the most awesome day and somebody else will have a shitty day. And then that'll make you feel shitty because somebody else is having a shitty day, you know? And so I'm very much aware of the, the transference of like energy. And this is why I love being around creative people because they could relate to the fact that I do multiple things and the fact that I have my hand in multiple things because they're creative. 
So if you're, if you have your hand in multiple things, but you're dealing with somebody like that, then they're going to have a hard time understanding what you're trying to tell them because they don't do multiple things. They only do one. Yes. They don't, they're not an actor. They don't have a podcast. They don't blog. They don't do other stuff. They just do that one thing and they keep themselves trapped by the very thing that they're good at. And I was listening to an episode by Andy Frisella on his podcast, MF CEO. Yeah. And he was talking about in one of his episodes that, you know, you just can't, you know, let, you just can't be locked by routine or something like that. Damn, it slipped my mind, but he was saying in one of his episodes that you just can't be locked in routine. You just got to keep trying different things out. You have to keep experimenting because you don't want to just be locked by habit. You want to live out of intent. And that's what I strive to do every single day is be intentional, not be habitual because habits are like a prison. And most people don't realize that they're in prison. They think that they're free, but they're locked up by their habits. Yeah, that's deep, man. <laughs> um, okay, so habits are like prison. That's a new way of looking at it. See, you learn something new every day. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, but that makes sense. It, it does. It makes sense because... Um, you've in essence like limited yourself to this one thing instead of dabbling in multiple things like you've limited yourself to one thing which in turn is like prison does that make sense oh 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 now now i know what he said one of the guests said that don't be don't be trapped in just doing what you're good at or something like that because he was like a former athlete, but he also started a side business where he like is a plumber. And you would think like, why is like a guy that's a professional athlete all of a sudden um, unclogging toilets or something like that? <laughs> it's because like he's trying to like push himself to learn new skills. Because if you just do what you're good at, you you're just like stuck in the cycle. You know, even though you've mastered that particular craft, the purpose of mastering a craft is growth. And once you master it, you go on to another craft and master that. Yeah. And you just keep on going and not just staying like stuck at that one craft because it's it's comfortable. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. it's comfortable just doing what you're good at. That's ultra comfortable because you know that you're going to get positive results. But where's the fun in that, though? Right. And, you know, I think that um, life is meant to be challenged. Like, I don't think that life is meant to just um, do one thing for the rest of your life and that's it. I feel like life is meant to have, like, challenges. Life is meant to have, well, not obstacles, but life is meant to be like a mountain to climb, you know? And I feel like 
um, a lot of people just get consent. You know, they get consent. Yes, yes, yes. Um, just fitting into like this certain box, you know, they get consent with that. Whereas, um, whereas they should like kind of break free from the box. You know, I feel like, um, yeah, I just think that they get consent, bro. Like, I, I feel like, like, and then they get upset with you when they see that you're living like how you want to live it. You're making bold choices. You're doing things that you love to do. But they get upset. But you can easily make the same yeah. choices because you have the same 24 hours in a day, just like I do. But yeah, but you didn't exactly. make the same choices. So you're going to get upset because I want to live my best life and you're comfortable. So I just, I did. I just feel like we all have the same 24 hours. That's just my thing. Oh, definitely, dude. Most definitely, most definitely. We all we all have a choice on what we want to do with our 24 hours. We can choose to we we choose to do shit that we hate. We just choose to. Just like we can choose to eat healthy versus eat processed food or yeah we can choose to hang around toxic people or we can hang around positive people we all have choices that we make every single day and every single second we're being tested not just when you go through like your big challenges but you go through little challenges every day like you know you're deciding am i going to go to wendy's and get a hamburger or am i going to eat a salad today for dinner am i going to hang out with my negative homie that I've known since kindergarten or am I going to hang around my growth friend that I've known for five weeks? Am I going to stay in the toxic relationship that's not serving me or am I going to cut it off and stay single for a while and work on myself? And it's just like those little choices make a big difference and a lot of people think that just because they're not faced with a big decision doesn't mean they're not making choices and i'm like no you are making choices every single day you make a choice on whether you want to sleep in or to wake up early whether to wear a tank top or a t-shirt or pants or shorts or like nike elite socks or regular socks or whatever type of socks the shoes you wear the way you style your hair the people you surround yourself with like these are choices that we make we make a whole bunch of choices just by waking up in the morning alone but people don't realize that because they're so trapped in their day-to-day routine that they don't take the time to analyze are these habits make getting me to a higher level or are they keeping me trapped in the cycle right and i think like um and i'm glad that you brought that up you know because I think that a lot of people overlook the small choices, like even changing the books that you read or what you watch on television or what you watch on YouTube, wherever it is that you watch uh, movies, even with that, that's a choice. And that's going to, or at least this is what I've learned anyway, that's going to have like a ripple effect because you're you're changing what you read. You're changing... Um, what you watch on TV or television. Um, And again, like you said, you know, everyone has a choice. Do we either want to go outside or stay in? Do we want to eat fast food or do we want to eat salad? So I think all of those choices, like they build up um, over time 
you know, but we live in a kind of like an instant gratification type of society now. Yeah. Because a lot of people yeah. want <laughs> a lot of people they want what they want when they want it. You know, whereas yeah, um, I'm an 80s baby, so I, I like building. I like building genuine relationships with people because that's what I come oh, from. I was I grew up in the 90s, so that's where I come from. Um, but whereas this mentality now with a lot of like younger kids is like, if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to throw like a tantrum and then I'm going to record it and put it up on social media so people could feel bad. Like I just, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've, I, I personally have a problem with that because I didn't grow up that way. So I don't relate to that. I don't relate to like. People not the world star culture of people recording fights and shit. Like, no. Yeah. Like, um, and this is why I don't get into debates with, with single parents or parents in general, because like, why would you record you whooping your child? Like, I, I don't I don't see the logic in it. I don't see it. Maybe there's some in there, I don't know. But I just I don't see the logic of recording your child and then you put it up on social media and then you get upset when your child doesn't want to tell you anything because you took a vulnerable situation and you put it up on social media for a reason I don't know and I don't I just I don't understand that logic maybe it's me and I'm not from that era so I don't know but I just I'm not sure of that logic like I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, man. Like, I am a like a late '90s baby. I was born in 1998, so I grew up in an era between analog and digital. So I kind of like grew up in an instant gratification culture, but at the same time, I still like had Recess, Leapfrog, Barney, Elmo, Caillou. <laughs> And just learning to build things on my own and working with my hands. Like, I played Nintendo 64. Um, I taught myself how to read. And this was, I was still in an era where they still had, like, the alphabet blocks and stuff like that. And being dropped off at daycare and playing with the other kids. And it's just, like, you know, I was, like, in a, a part of the generation, the last half the last generation that was able to experience that stuff. But it's like now that we have like I iPhones and, you know, Samsung's and if social media, by the time that came out, I, I already like understood the importance of like socializing with people in person. Yeah. But it's like, as like late 90, as a late 90s kid growing up in today's society, I've noticed that a lot of my peers are stuck on Snapchat filters and stuff. But I have like an old school mentality. So I definitely relate to you in terms of wanting to build and nerding out on certain stuff. But now it's like Instagram, uh, Amazon, people, people like order stuff online and they want it quickly and they are posting these memes talking about when you order something online and it doesn't show up immediately i'm like well what do you expect it's not going to show up immediately because the warehouse is like all the way in like seattle or someplace right and <laughs> they have to ship it to you like 
And I got, and I ain't gonna lie, I got caught up in an instant gratification trap until, like, I failed the tax test in the third grade, and I had to take summer school, and then I had to repeat the third grade all over again, and then I realized the importance of just taking my time to do things right, as opposed to trying to rush through the process and just wind up screwing myself over later. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, you know what, I actually have that, that debate with people a lot um because everybody is so caught up in like the hustle and bustle and i think that's why i gravitated towards books because with books i can feel myself out i can kind of take my time with it and see like this doesn't add up to this so let me change it you know it lets me it lets me tune the world out and it lets me like just focus on whatever it is that I'm writing about or whatever it is that I'm doing in that, in that moment, you know, it's not, uh, and that was one of my gripes with working like a regular job because at the job, you can't take your time. You have to keep up with everybody else. You have to keep up with the Joneses, you know, and that was one of my gripes with, with that, you know? And so um, I love, books especially for that because with books i could kind of I, like i said i could just put my music on and tune the world out and just take my time with whatever it is that i'm doing and i operate better that way versus having somebody on top of me about what i should be doing yeah like so Books was like right up my alley just for that, you know, and I just, um, I definitely agree with what you're saying as far as um, just having that instant gratification type of mentality because I got caught up in it too, I did. Um, So something that would take like two days, instead it took four days. And I was having a fit because I was expecting it in two days. But it took two extra days, you know, so but either way, I got what it is that I wanted from Amazon or wherever it is that I ordered from. Still got what I wanted. It just took a little bit longer, which is fine, you know, and so um, so I apply that to other stuff, too, you know, like especially with things like books and speaking and and anything else that I'm involved in. I apply it to that as well. You know, I, I like things that let me take my time with that, you know, and let me um, kind of fill out what's wrong with it and feel out like what's right with it and what I have to change, what I have to improve. Like I operate better that way. I, I don't do well with being rushed by people. Like I, I no, I don't either, man, because it throws <laughs> off my game and I can't do a phenomenal job. If I'm constantly having someone breathing down my neck saying, hurry up. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, I want to take my time and do it right. Yeah. Like, no. But um, is there anything that you want to say before I end this podcast? Um, I want to give like a message to like anyone that's, that's listening. Um Anything that you want to do, um, you can do it. 
you know, um, I remind people of that all the time, but um, at the end of the day, like, despite, um, despite having a book out, despite doing fragrances or wanting to start like a nonprofit or whatever else that I'm doing, um, I'm just a regular person from New York. That's really all that I am. I just decided, I just made a decision that I want more out of life. And so every decision that I made has been off of that, you know, has been based off of that premises that um, I want more out of life. You know, I'm not intimidated by um, those that might have um, a little bit more money than I do. I'm not intimidated. I'm actually inspired by that. You know, I'm, I'm not, cause I, and I think that's another thing too. Like I think that when you hear that somebody has like a lot of money, um, some people automatically, they tense up around them. Like they get nervous. They, um, they get nervous or they tense up or something. You know, when you're around somebody that has like a lot of, a lot of money um, or wealth. Um, so anything that you want to do, like you can do. If you want to do like three things at the same time, feel free to do that. That's what you want to do. Um, I know that um, a lot of times we're taught to like, just focus on one, one thing, one stream of income, like that's what we're taught. But if you have like multiple talents, then use them. Like don't limit yourself to just one thing. So that's like my personal two cents. Like just not not to limit yourself. Like don't let other people who made the decision to not live their dream, don't let them like talk you out of living your own. Like don't limit yourself. Um, so that's just my two cents. Like what about you, Akuti? Do you have anything that you want to add? Uh, yeah, so guys, I'm working on a short film called The Dangerous Woman. It'll be out sometime in August. I don't know the exact date yet. Don't ask me. <laughs> Just know that it's going to come out sometime in August. I am the producer, writer, director, and I'm acting as Peter in the film. And I also got. I also am kicking, cooking up a 50-minute featurette film that I'm going to make sometime in the future. Um and if you need a commercial made, me and Jesus Ortiz got you. We are based in Houston, Texas. So basically what Uraldi Media does is we are a commercial videography business that makes commercials for businesses. So wait, actually with that being um you actually brought up a good point. Um if anyone wants to like uh see what my books are about. Um, I have two out already. Uh, the first one is called An Eagle Eye with a Lion's Heart, How Introverts Can Break Through Barriers. Um, my second one is called Lions and Wolves, The Differences Between Entrepreneurs and Network Marketers. Um, and then the third one that I'm working on right now, which will be done soon, it'll be done within like the next like few weeks. Um, it's called Heavy is the Head for Those Who Wear the Crown. That is my third book. Um, 
if you want to find out more about like my fragrances or anything, like feel free to reach out to me at Kyle's, that's K-A-Y-L-E-S, fragrances at gmail.com. And I'll send you like any information that you want to um, find out more about as far as my fragrances and how I send out samples and all of that stuff. So if you want to sample, feel free to email me. Um, email me anytime. I always like respond to my emails. I'm always checking them. So if you want like a, anything, like feel free to reach out to me. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram at billionaire under construction. Um, so those are my social media. Like those are my social media platforms that I could be reached on. So anyone that wants to reach out, feel free. And also, guys, you can reach me on Facebook at Akuchi Nekara. And you can reach me on Instagram also at spiritual underscore intellect. It's all lowercase. And if you want to go follow me on Snapchat as well at PS4 underscore is awesome. Those are the social media platforms I am most active on. And so I would like to say thank you guys for listening. And thank you, David Williams, for hopping on here and having this conversation with me, man. You definitely dropped a lot of golden nuggets. You've added a lot of value to the audience members tonight. And um, I just want to say, keep doing what you're doing. Keep writing more books. Keep speaking more. Just keep just keep on being you, man, because you're awesome. Oh, man. I appreciate that, man. And um, thank you for having me. I um I know that I had told you in a private message that uh, I had wanted to work with you for some time now. It's just that uh, I know that you're super busy and I'm super busy. So I'm glad that we were able to like be in sync and actually like manifest this, this conversation. Um, Cause there's not many people that you can have an hour long conversation with and not get bored. <laughs> so, so yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I appreciate the time, man. I do, you know, and um, I have seen some of your some of your um, your lives also, you know. So do not think that I'm not paying attention because I very much am, and I like your energy. I like your uh, your take on a lot of like your lives and like the things that you talk about, and um, that you put a strong emphasis on being yourself, you know, in a, in a world where we're so like, not forced, I'm not gonna say forced, but we're so told to not be ourselves. We're supposed to just do as we're told and just not question anything. So I like the fact that you're, one of your main messages is to like be yourself. So I definitely like appreciate that about what, whatever it is that you're talking about. Yeah, man, so we don't just call that a wrap. And um, yeah, guys, follow us on social media. You know, go go buy David's books. Make sure to go on my YouTube channel. Also, emanfly seventy seven, all lowercase letters, e m a n n f l y seven seven, so that you can go look at my demo reel if you're looking for a videographer to shoot your films, music videos. Etc. 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 So, yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and have a great night. All right. Bye, guys. See you soon.